Daniel Zulu is better than pasta. <laughs> it's very heavy when they call you pasta, Daniel Zulu. All right. Um, good morning, everyone. Just a small disclaimer. I've borrowed the phone from my wife. So if it rings, <laughs> we've tried to put it on flight mode. We've tried um, to switch off all the, but there's always something that goes off. So um, just so you know. Okay. It's always great to be back. Uh, Open Church is um, our home as a family. So for some of you that we've not met, you might be wondering, who is this excited guy? Now, the theme that I'm going to talk about is a bit scanty, as you have seen me struggling to introduce it. And I was asking Jesus, it's like, God, why can't you just give me one of those great titles that really, really uh, nails it? <laughs> but um, I understood in the end why God gave me like flashes um, when I spoke to Malin. Uh, about the season that you're getting into, naturally supernatural. I said, ah, oh, it makes sense. So I'm sort of going to just cast the foundation for what you're going to uh, be learning in the next few weeks. And because of that, you need to listen with your spirit, not with your logic. It will not make sense. I would totally lose you if you're going to use your head and make sense of what I'm saying. So catch it with your spirit. And we are going to be uh, together on this journey. Let's just pray. Loving Father, we thank you this morning. We're so thankful, Lord Jesus, for your sacrifice. And we're so thankful, Father, for calling us, we are not a people, your own sons and daughters. Now we rent the foreskins of our hearts this morning that you may speak to our hearts, Lord. Lord, renew our minds that we may look at your word from your perspective this morning. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. And I, I will tell you the, the theme of what I'm going to talk about in a moment. Now, open church, we don't realize how blessed we are. Because we are living in a time where the gospel has become many things. So to be in a home or to be in a fellowship or to be in a church which is still seeking the core relevance of the church is a huge blessing. And I don't think we realize that. Because normally when you are in a home, you don't realize that to sleep on a nice comfortable bed is a blessing. Until you go out in a mission field somewhere and you sleep on a floor, then you realize, oh, so, so that bed is really a blessing. So I want you to know that being in this house at a time like this is a huge blessing. Massive blessing. Because God has a call for us as believers to be relevant at such a time as this. Now, if you read in uh, Ephesians chapter 4, I'm just referring to that. You don't have to turn to there. The scriptures tell us that the Holy Spirit gave gifts. 
And he gave gifts for the equipping of the saints. Equipping for what? Why do we need to be equipped? We need to be equipped because we do need to go out and make a difference. And of course, we, like I pointed out, we are living in a time where this difference that we have to make is defined in different, comes in all forms of uh, shapes and colors, which may include just making it big. There's more to life than just making it big. Driving your dream car and having flats and nothing wrong with that. It's really cool to drive the, I want to drive that big one. But there's more to your relevance than that. And that's why I'm saying you're blessed that you're in a place which is well balanced. So this morning I just want to lay a foundation for what we'll be talking about. Because we have been called to be equipped and to carry out the word, not just in mere words, but in power and in the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. You see, Paul says, when I came to you, I did not come in the eloquence of speech. In the nice words in English, it's, it's good actually to use English when you are preaching so you don't distract the people. But Paul says, I did not just come in good English. You know, I came in the demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. And so that's why the Holy Spirit grants gifts to all of us so that we can move in the power. Now, I've just remembered when I was talking about using good, good English, I went to a church um, in Chingola, uh, Paul, Paul would remember, and the, the man was presiding said, all right, everyone, let's stand up and give all the crap to Jesus. I was thinking, <laughs> what he meant was the clap. So I said, I got really distracted. Let's give all the crap to Jesus. So it's good to, to preach in a good, uh, in a good grammar, but... Paul says, when I came to you, I did not just come in, in the nice and eloquent speech and nice words. And this is Paul who wrote most of the New Testament. And he says, I did not just come in words. Why? Because words are cheap, really. Words are cheap. If, if I tell you that tomorrow I'm going to buy a jet, you're going to go, and those of you that know me might start going, oh, he's wearing a shoe that's 300. How is he going to buy a jet? But if I flash out my account and you see the money that I have, you might go, oh, okay. And then your countenance will change. What am I referring to? As long as as believers we're just using words, speaking our lives, and we're not moving in power, we're going to be very, very... Uh, less, or we're going to have little impact. Holy Spirit, help me get past the introduction quickly. Yeah, so that, that, that reference is in First um, uh, Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4, if you want to go and turn there and read it. We're going to turn to Isaiah chapter 61 which is one of our main texts this morning. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind the brokenhearted, to proclaim the freedom for the captives and release from darkness 
for the prisoners. And in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, we won't end there, we find Jesus standing before an audience and says, I have come to fulfill this passage of scripture. I have basically come here on earth to fulfill Isaiah 61, among other prophecies that he came to fulfill. But what I find fascinating is him saying he has come to heal broken hearts. Why broken hearts? He could have said, I've, I've come to fix the, the, the problems. I've come to fix your mind. I've come to fix your broken marriages and, and society. I've, I've come to fix all your problems. I've, I've come to fix what troubles you the most. But he says, I have come to heal broken hearts. Proverbs, we can quickly turn there. Um, Proverbs 4.23 helps us to begin to understand why Jesus would target the heart. So above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Above all, guard your heart. Protect your heart. Put a fence around your heart because everything that you do proceeds from there. Now, if I'm going to give you money, I'm only going to give you money according to what I have in my account. If I write you a check and the amount that I put on your check exceeds what's in my account, I think accountants have a special word for that. What do you call that? Overdraft, but there's another word which sends me to jail for writing you an amount that is not in my account. Fraud. Yeah. It's going to be fraudulent if I issue out what is up and above, unless I have a special, a special arrangement with a bank, then it will be an overdraft. But if I don't, I, as a business partner, I just write you an amount that's not in the account, it's, it's going, I'm going to be in major trouble. So basically Jesus is telling us that the heart is where everything is issued out from. So in your heart, in, 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 in actually um, Matthew 15, verse 18, Jesus confirms it by saying, what comes from your mouth comes from the heart. Meaning everything that you see, whether it's the way I'm dressed or the way I'm talking or the way I'm going to behave, it first of all starts from the heart. This is why God really, really targets the heart because... It's the bank of all that we are. Now, sadly, many hearts are broken and very broken. And it's not just in the world out there, including in the church. Many of us are carrying heavy hearts. And if we're going to flow in the supernatural, if we're going to flow in the anointing that God has for us, in the relevance that God has for us, that becomes a, bl a blockage. That becomes a blockage. Therefore, this morning, I want to talk about a theme I have called 
a bruised reed he will not break. A bruised reed he will not break. Because the broken heart that Jesus refers to in Isaiah 61 and Luke 4 gives us a picture that when something is broken, it's defective. Let's give an example of a TV. If you buy a TV and as you unpack it, drops on the floor, develops a crack, and then you go, ah, I don't want to go through the trouble of changing it. What I'll do is I'll just be listening to the sound. The trouble is the people that are sending signals are assuming that you are seeing their pictures as well. So they might say the details are in this picture. And so you, you get to miss out. So you may say, oh, I'm okay. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm fine. My, my life is great. When your heart is broken, you are defective. You will not be effective in what God has placed within you. That is why Jesus says, I have come to heal the broken hearts. I have come to mend the broken hearts. And that is the gospel. That is the good news. All right. I still need to get past the introduction. How much, how much more time do I have? Uh, okay, let's do this, Daniel. Let's go to Matthew. I won't read many scriptures, I can, I can assure you. Matthew 12, 15. Uh, in your own time, you can read it up to 21. I don't know if people really go and read that. We say that a lot, eh? When you're standing at the pulpit, go and read it in your own time. <laughs> but I'm just giving you the context because we don't have um, much time to read all of it. Matthew chapter 15, verse 20. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoothering weak he will not sniff out till he leads justice to victory. In his name, the nations will put their hope. So if, if you read um, the other passages I referred to there, it, it would give the context in which uh, these prophetic words were talked about by Jesus. But basically the scripture is saying, if, if you go home, go get a candle because it's load shedding season. So everyone assume should have a candle uh, apart from the flashlights from China. Get a candle, turn it on. When you have a longer, a longer, what is that thing in the middle of the candle? A rope. We call it a rope. When you have a longer rope, <laughs> the, you notice that the light will start, um, like, it will, it will be weak. Eh? And then when you cut it, it will be firm again. So that's, that's, a, that's a diminishing flame. And scripture is saying, Jesus is saying to you and me, that a diminishing flame, he'll not sniff out. He'll protect it. He'll make sure it gets back to giving its light. Because you and I are meant to be the light of the world. Then he also says, a bruised reed he will not break. Now, a reed is, um, I was supposed to carry a reed, but I didn't find any in our area. I thought we lived in a bush, but there are no reeds there. Uh, but you've seen reed mats. 
So when you go to the river banks, you see these things that grow like bamboos, but they have a, a hole inside. And sometimes they have a tendency to bend because of the, of the wind. And Jesus is saying, a bruised reed that has bended or that, that, that is broken, I will not break it. Because sometimes you just want to, those of us that are farmers, you find a vine and it's broken and sometimes you just want to get it out of the way because, you know, so that you can keep the others that are healthy. But Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. For me, a bruised reed, I will not break. So meaning, as humans and as the body of Christ, as we go through this life, we are going to find things that are going to hurt us. Things that are going to break us. We were just praying for the cyclone. You can, you, you can only imagine what's going on in the families that have been affected. But it's not just the cyclone. We live around broken hearts. And when people have broken hearts, they're going to do things that are hurtful. When people are hurting, they're going to say hurtful things. When people are broken, they're going to do things that break your heart as well. And what Jesus is encouraging us is that I will not break that bruised reed if you only give it to me. There's a reason why it's important to do that. Last week we were celebrating, not celebrating, commemorating Easter. And I don't know if you've noticed, on Friday it's exciting, we're talking about Christ's death and da-da-da-da-da and how that has redeemed us. And on Sunday we, we, we are excited because he has risen and that's where our relevance is. We don't hear a lot about Saturday, eh? I don't know if you've stopped to think. There's a silence on the Holy Saturday. It's very quiet. And it gets you to think about what must have been going on in the disciples' hearts and minds. Uh-huh. I wonder if it was quieter than this. Each of us have that season, the Holy Saturday. So Holy Saturday is a season between when God gives you a prophetic word and you know it, that God is going to do this because he has given me and an angel appeared to me and a time of its fulfillment. It's not fun. I can tell you. Because I've been through some Holy Saturdays myself. Holy Saturday is a period between Malachi and... I'm a teacher. I'm supposed to go this way. Yeah. Which one is your left to right? Yeah? (laughs) Yeah, this way. So Malachi and Matthew. 400 years of silence. Where God is there, but he does not speak. Holy Saturday is a period where your Redeemer, your Savior, someone you've walked with for three and a half years is crucified. And you're wondering, was this it? Is there more? Is there going to be? And what happens on Holy Saturdays? Some people survive, some don't make it. Like our friend Judas Iscariot, eh? Between 
that period and resurrection, that's where he takes his life. Because it can be too much and it can hurt. So that's where sometimes we lose it and our hearts are broken. Our hearts are broken not just because we live in a broken world with broken people, but experiences. Open church leadership. When God gives us a vision, this is what we're going to do, this is what is going to happen, and when God begins to fulfill it, it's a holy Saturday. And our individual lives, let me talk to my sisters. I can be a Pentecostal preacher. Amen, sisters. When God says you're not going to live in celibacy, but it's not coming, holy Saturday. So Holy Saturday has a tendency to mess us up because in the silence, we mistake the silence for abandonment. We feel like God is not there. Where are you, God? Or maybe he's there, but he just doesn't care. Does, does he care? Like, like I'm this sick? Does he feel my pain? And most of us really fail to be honest about our pain. If we go to Acts chapter 2, verse 32, I think media has that one. God has raised Jesus to this life and we are all witnesses of it. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has Received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit. And he has poured out what you now see and hear. For David, for David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Now why am I taking time to talk about broken hearts? This scripture here is demonstrating to us that when Jesus finishes his work, God says to him, okay, now you sit here until I make your enemies a footstool. I don't know if you're seeing the irony in this scripture. I think we just got this revelation recently, and I was amazed at it. Because what it means is if you're going to sit and in the process something gets done, there has to be someone who's doing it. And that is you and me. So to make Jesus' enemies a footstool, it means there's some work that is going on. They are some that are doing the work. And God, we st- remember we started with the equipping of the saints. The Holy Spirit has given us the power, the gifts for us to walk in power and in the demonstration of the Holy, uh, in the demonstration uh, uh, of the word. So we are the ones that are supposed to go out in power and bring relevance. It is the church that is supposed to bring forth the fruit. That is where a life of the supernatural comes in. Because we are not going to change this world, this world by mere words. We're going to walk in power. We're going to walk in the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. 
And yet one of the huge hindrances, one of the huge blockages is our ability to allow our hearts to be held. Now, brothers and sisters, sense we're supposed to do more than we are doing. Jesus is seated, waiting for his enemies to be turned into his footstool. And we are the ones that are supposed to get up and do the work of God. Move in the supernatural. Move in power. When Jesus comes back, he's not coming back for a blemish bride. When Jesus comes back, he's not coming for a blind or amputated bride. I don't think there's a man in this room who wants to turn up at his wedding and, and find the bride hasn't bathed and she says she was too busy and I don't think that, you know, I don't know if you think about it. So when Jesus comes back, he's coming for a glorious church. That's you. That's me. But how are we going to move in the power of God? We need to learn to give him our hearts, to heal our hearts from all brokenness. We need to allow him. We need to open our hearts. Because he says, a bruised reed I will not break. When you show him your heart, he won't laugh at you. He won't ridicule you. He won't make fun of you. That's why it's hard sometimes because we live among people, you tell them a secret, you hear it on the pulpit the next day, or you hear it everywhere. In the world of Facebook and WhatsApp, it's, it's, it's being laughed at. And so it's hard for us to open our hearts even to Jesus. But I want to assure you this morning that we need to make it a habit to let our hearts be vulnerable with him. Now, as I said before, that living among broken hearts makes all of us vulnerable. But Jesus has promised in Matthew, come to me, all you that labor, and I have heavy laden, and, and I'll give you rest for your hearts. Rest for your souls. So I guess I'm calling us to identify things in our lives, situations in our lives that make our hearts hard, callous, that make our hearts vile, that make our hearts fail to receive what God has for us and learn to release it. Now, some of us might be forgiveness if we're going to move in the supernatural that is something we're going to really really major on you cannot let your neighbor your spouse an authority figure a friend or a man on the street choke your heart we've got to learn to release it and it's a daily practice it's not a one-off thing. Mr. Zulu came, talked about, so I laid it on the altar. It's going to be a habitual thing. Once our hearts are pure, then God will work through us. 
then the supernatural will flow. Because that is a major blockage. We, we are seeing a lot of struggle today. And this is why people are thinking, oh, it's hard to get power from God. So I'm going to go to some place in a shrine and get some power. So when I preach or when I pray for people, I can see the power. It's not, it's not difficult. We just got to be able to avail our hearts. But it also means we need to uh, make our hearts vulnerable with God. So this morning... As I close my Bible, to assure you that I'm finishing, I want us to just look through our hearts and search our hearts and just reflect through what are some of the things that may have caused my heart to be hardened? Because sometimes we think this is just for the unbelievers. Even as believers, we close our hearts to the love of God, to the peace that God has for us. We, we hurt so much that we become hardened. But I want us to be very honest with ourselves and tell God, look, here is my heart as it is. And I'm carrying some hurts. Now you may know the source or you may not you may know that you're carrying a heavy heart or you may not, but you can ask the Holy Spirit to show you, like David said, search me and see if there is any ungodly ways and lead me to ways everlasting. So I'm inviting you this morning to just allow Jesus to shine his light. And because this is what you're going to do now on a daily basis, habitually. I'm just going to allow you to ask him. But also there are some of you that may say, look, um, what I'm carrying is kind of heavy. I need you to pray with me. Because if we're going to flow in the supernatural, our hearts need to be free of every gunk. Amen. Oh, God bless you. Thank you so much for listening in.